Hey everyone, welcome back to A Perspective. This is MJ speaking, and thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the podcast today. Thank you so much for coming back, you guys. I hope you're having a wonderful day, afternoon, evening, whatever time in the day it is for you as you are currently listening to this episode. It means the world that you continue coming back to tune in, and this interview was so profound. I am speaking with Marissa Heyman in this interview. She is a life coach and wellness advocate on Instagram, among many other things. And in this conversation, we dived into self-love and how to align the person that you are inwards with the person that you are projecting outwards and how to align those two beings into one Again, among many other very profound things that were discussed in this episode, and I think it's pretty evident right off the bat just how much her story captivated me and how blown away I was by everything she was saying. So I hope it does the same for you, and make sure you're taking notes because this conversation was just something else, and I think that you will too be blown away and will have so much to take away from it. So before we get into the episode... I do want to take a second to acknowledge that uh, as an uninvited settler and a current inhabitant, I am currently recording this episode on the unceded traditional territory of the Squamish, Musqueam, Stalo, Kwekwetlam, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations communities, whose relationship with the land stands to this day. And I want to express the immense gratitude that I feel for being able to live here and to bring you this episode from this beautiful land. And without further ado, let's welcome Marissa onto the podcast. Hi, Marissa. How's it going? I'm so good. How are you, Marianne? Good. Thank you. I am very excited to have you here. How's your day going so far? Good. It's full of adventures. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to start the episode off on a like really quick note. I just want to give you like a little bit of a shout out for the people listening here. Uh, So Marissa is somebody that I've followed since I decided to hop on like the wellness side of Instagram a couple months ago and I I'm honestly I don't remember how I found you like I think you came up on my suggestion page and I have been mesmerized and just like blown away by all the content that you produce and you post on your Instagram because you have a very eloquent raw and like vulnerable way of communicating your feelings and what's going on in your life in a way that is very inviting and I think you're very real about what you're feeling why you're going through it and just like very encouraging about the fact that you should just embrace whatever is life is throwing at you in that moment and I just like I think to find somebody who is willing to share the pretty and not so pretty parts of life is so rare nowadays so I appreciate you a lot and what you're doing on Instagram it's really great I just want to to say I hope you're not getting too emotional yet (laughs) Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so just to get, before we get uh, rolling on the, our conversation for today, which I'm very excited about, uh, can I ask you to tell us your story real quick, just so that our listeners and myself included get a little bit of a better sense of who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's really funny. I was literally thinking about this earlier today, mm-hmm. because every time I go on a podcast, different parts of my story come up. And I was thinking there's so many different layers to everyone's story. And also like right now I'm in the middle of creating another story that three years down the road is going to be another story that I can share to help inspire people. So I'll share a little bit about my self-love story um, and kind of how I've got to where I am now. And I was raised in a small town around two and a half hours west of Ottawa in Ontario, Canada. And I was raised in a family of nine kids. I was homeschooled all through high school. Wow. We went nine to mass four or five days a week. And I was in this small, conservative, Catholic, religious community, which mm-hmm. looking back now was very, it was a very repressive place. It, it did not encourage self-expression. It did not encourage um, self-love and self-pleasure and self um expression it was it was very much all these rules do these things and then you'll be a good person and you'll go to heaven mm-hmm. how it is. Yeah. and 
through that whole experience of growing up with that. And then eventually when I was, when I was probably 18, 19 is when I officially left religion. But through that was this, this whole thing as all of my, my worth had come from being the daughter of God based off mm-hmm. of this religion and from following these rules and from doing these things. So when I then left religion, I was like, well, who am I now? What's yeah. my worth? Like mm-hmm. before I was lovable and a good person because I was a daughter of God. But then as soon as I was like, well, I don't believe this anymore. Yeah. It was like, I was worthless. So I was like, so even like, especially at that point, looking back now, like I really didn't love myself. Mm-hmm. And I'd learned very early because sin is if you do something bad mm-hmm. and because I'm human guess what I'm gonna sin and even if you, did something good, if you didn't <laughs> yeah. do it as good as you could have, it was still like that still isn't good enough so I had yeah. grown up with almost this self-loathing of you should have done better and myself oh look there you're a sinner again oh yeah you're not a good person it yeah. was like that was the underlying the underlying tone of everything that I I learned and I absorbed because everything that we learn and absorb as, as kids isn't based mm-hmm. necessarily but we're taught and told I was mm-hmm. taught and told that God is love mm-hmm. but I learned I'm a worthless human being I'm a sinner I'm not good yeah. enough I am bad that's what yeah. I learned mm-hmm. so coming out of that then and moving from small town middle nowhere where I didn't know anything into mm-hmm. the big world that was a bit of a shock and mm-hmm. I really had to try to like find like who is Marissa and like and how do I get through this well how do I navigate this whole world in this life thing mm-hmm. and I realized that I got a lot of attention for my body and for being mm-hmm. beautiful so I said you know what I don't know what the purpose of life is but one is I'm a human being mm-hmm. so I know I'm gonna have to take care of my physical body because it's my vehicle for life mm-hmm. but also too I was like well like people like me and I get attention and if people are going to like me and stuff because of my body, I better make sure I know how to stay fit and sexy the rest of my life because otherwise, why would anyone want me? Yeah. Totally. So that's when I got into school and I did fitness and health promotion for two years. And mm-hmm. after that, I went and I worked as a personal trainer for five years. So the working nice. in the fitness and health industry was cool for a couple different reasons. One is because I really got to, to learn a lot about how to take care of myself and love myself physically but Mm -hmm. I also over the years learned how like oh I am so much more than just my body yeah people are gonna love me so much more for them just for this and it's it was a ride it was a ride of still trying to make everybody else happy by trying Mm -hmm. to look a certain way but then also realizing but I don't care about what people think about me so then realizing but then I still want to be a certain way and take care of my body just for me Mm -hmm. and realizing like and that was self-love yeah and through all this I mean I I had I never was a casual dater um Mm -hmm. my my first really long-term like I had a long-term I guess a year and a half I had dated a fellow for a year and a half um, Mm -hmm. back when I was 18-ish um and then other than that I hadn't seen anyone until I got into a relationship when I was in the in school for fitness and health and then I was with that fellow for probably three years and it was at the end of that relationship while I was still in this fitness and health thing, still trying to make my body look a certain way to try to be loved that I, I really came face to face with, I actually don't love myself because I realized Mm -hmm. I, I thought I just had to do better. Same thing as growing up being that person who was always sinning, right? Like if I just do better, then I'll be good enough. Mm-hmm. So I was always trying to take the next steps, trying to be the, the best girlfriend, the best trainer, the the best friend, the yeah. best person version of myself that I could be. But from this place of, I feel like I'm not enough until mm-hmm. I am these things. And I feel like I need to do better rather than coming from this place that I already am enough and it just being an expression and just from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And it was at the end of the relationship with my, my ex uh, that I realized through a series of things that just kind of hit me in the face, like, oh, this, mm-hmm. this isn't actually what you want. This isn't mm-hmm. the relationship that you want to be in. This isn't, this isn't you actually loving yourself being in this relationship with this person. This is you just trying to be what you mm-hmm. think you should be in order to be a good person. 
You're just trying to do what you think you should do in order to feel happy, love, and get all the, the check marks. And coming out of that relationship, I thought I was like, oh, I guess I'm still broken. I got to fix myself. So I did a 12-week rebuilding relationship course, which oh, was really wow. cool because it was me, and I was 23 at the time, and probably 15-ish other people who are between the ages of like 40 and 60 who were either potentially <laughs> going to be divorced or like in the middle of like going through a divorce with their partner. Okay. So you're like, I feel pretty out of place here. <laughs> yeah. But it was really cool yeah. because I was like, I know I'm doing this now, so I'm not going to have to do this work years down the road. Right. I'm like, I'm doing it now at the, what I thought was just this break from my partner. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to go into this thing. I'm doing this 12 week thing. I'm going to work on myself, make sure I'm better. And then I'll be good enough for him again. Right. Still in that same place that I'm still wow. not, still not worthy. Okay. And it was through this 12 weeks that that's when I really started to get this, these pieces of information of like, Oh, actually underneath deep down, this isn't what I want. This is just what I think I should want. And so therefore I've been hiding my emotions wow. and hiding what I really want, all the things underneath. And I actually don't love myself. I've been trying to do all the right things and thinking that when I do it right and I do it good enough, then I'll be able to love myself because then I'll be good. Mm -hmm. Rather than realizing like, oh, I actually, I don't want that. And I can love myself right now exactly as I am. Mm -hmm. Beautiful and perfect being because I'm, I'm enough. And through yeah. that process, it was beautiful. I, I went through the, that course and learned a ton about myself, learned a ton about relationships. And at the end of it, I, my relationship coach, she said, when you're done this, you have to go on a three week solo trip somewhere. So I went backpacking in Costa Rica for three weeks on my own and I'd never done anything. Oh, wow. Oh my terrifying. God. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, of course. And that's really what I needed to like break through doing all the things for other people and following and saying, Oh, I got to hit this check mark and that check mark. And then I'll be good enough. It was like, Oh, like that was really where I started doing things for myself. And it's also during that, those it was around six months where I went through that course and then taking the trip. And that was also when I started my Instagram, mm -hmm. I was so scared to start Instagram and share because it was the same thing. I was like, what if I do it wrong? Yeah. Like, what, if, what are people going to think of me? And and it's really cool because my self-love journey has been on Instagram since this was four and a bit years ago now. Uh -huh. And it's, it's been an adventure, but that uh -huh. was really where I first realized, like, I didn't love myself. I was living and trying to do all these things. Mm -hmm. And over the course of these past four years, tons of shifts have happened from everything from like leaving the fitness industry and now shifting into life coaching because that's what I felt called to, right? Mm -hmm. It's a... Uh, been that it's been shifting in and out of binge eating from when I learned to respect and love my body saying oh this is then when I don't have all these cravings and I'm not emotionally eating or binge eating or getting into these chemically addictive patterns from my brain just wanting food when I love myself and I don't fall into that right you can also look back and see like oh and there's times when I did fall into that because I was scared to love myself or I was scared to see all the the deep inner pains, the things that were in me and to express them and dive into them. And it is, it's scary. Like yeah, even totally. these, these past six months for me have been quite an adventure on a whole other level. Um, mm -hmm. And knowing like, oh yeah, that's right. Like I can feel the old parts of me sometimes come up where they're like, oh, that's right. You're, you're not worthy. You're not lovable. Hide those parts of you. The world doesn't want to see that. But like you said at the beginning, you're like, every, like, I love to see the realness. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody, we all have that. We all have these little voices in our head, which are like, yeah, but you're not, you're not good enough or not lovable because these specific things about you are, but people want this part of you, but not that. And there are going to be people who are only going to love you if you fit into a certain box. Mm -hmm. okay? But it's realizing like the goal isn't to try to get everyone else to love you. It's for you to love, love yourself. And loving yourself is a combination of seeing yourself for who you truly are and just embracing all of your being but also it's self-love it's also a verb it's an action of saying okay how can I mm, take those I consistent actions mm -hmm. daily weekly monthly yearly consistently to then actually support myself on that physical mental emotional spiritual level yeah. and that's what loving ourselves is absolutely wow I 
Oh my gosh, there's so much I want to unpack there and I don't want to like, <laughs> like get too far off topic. But first of all, thank you for everything that you shared with us right there. I, um, that was really touching, especially as somebody who, I, I come from a Catholic family as well. Uh, not, wait, I didn't grow up in a, in a Catholic neighborhood like with a Catholic community, but um, you know, I have like a family who's a little bit all over the place in terms of like their beliefs and like the extent of their beliefs. So I totally relate to you in that sense. And just to speak to your point real quick before I get into some questions, um, what you said there about the voices that we're all carrying in our heads that are talking negative to us, right? I think, it's really unrealistic to think that we can fully tune them out with work, right? And I feel like all of us, when we follow people who are, who pretend to, or like not pretend, but who show this like perfect side of them that's like always smiling and never down and stuff, we're looking to them to see how can we reach that level of like, there's no negative talk, right? But in reality, that negative talk is the motivating force behind our self-growth and self-development, right? And if we chose to tune it out completely, I don't want to say there wouldn't be, I mean, I'm not saying that we should try to be competing with ourselves on a constant basis, but really you are, right? Because you're the only one that you have to stand up to and you're the only person who you should be comparing yourself to, right? And that negative talk, as much as it can be like really hurtful and damaging sometimes if you don't learn to cope with it and regulate it it's going to be your motivating force to keep better and to undo some of that taming that you have and that those beliefs that you have about yourself so I love what what you said there about that one really quick thing I want to ask you before we get into um our regular regular scheduled program about self-love uh what made you decide to leave your religious community when you were 18 that, that's a really you know young age to make that decision and you know, you, were you on your own? Like what, what, what motivated you to do that? That's a whole other story. I'll, I'll give you the brief version <laughs> of it. I tried to believe so hard, so hard. Yeah. And I 100% would have stayed if I believed it was real. And I thought it was real, but that's something that I learned probably. I remember, I think it was probably somewhere between 12 and 14. I remember standing looking in a mirror, wearing a skirt that went down to my knees because one of the rules for modesty in my family was you had to kneel down and your skirts had to touch the ground. Yeah. Um, and I remember looking at my skirt in the mirror and pulling it up half an inch and being like, so immodest and then pulling it down half an inch and then being like, and then that's modest. Yeah. Immodest, modest, and looking at it and pulling it up that half an inch and being like, I don't think that's immodest. And that was the first time that then I realized it was like the only reason why is because my parents said, because that's how it is. So that's yeah. when I started to then question it. I'm, I'm very philosophical. I love to ask questions and mm -hmm. learn and to think and to explore. And when I asked my parents, like, why? They're like, well, that's just how it is. So then I went, okay, but I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to then my brain started to go, well, what else is there out there that you don't? agree with or maybe that you don't know about or that you've just accepted as this is the truth simply because they've told you this is how it is mm -hmm. and that's when I started to say like well I was just told that this is God and this is how it works mm -hmm. and I didn't know anything else and it was over the course of the next six-ish years that I mean I was going to retreats all the time I was doing all these things I was I would go to to these retreats with with nuns and with priests and all these girls and where we would do all the singing and all the, the prayers. And, and I like the amount of times I would sit in a church mm -hmm. and just pray to God and help me believe, just help me believe. I want yeah. so much yeah. to believe that you're real. Mm -hmm. And in the church, it was like, well, if you don't believe it's either that you're not trying hard enough. Right. Or it's that like, it's just not your time yet. And that God's going to keep it. That means that you still got to keep trying. Right. Yeah. And that's the same thing that happened then in my relationship, right? Years down the road that I just mm. told you about is like, I kept thinking wow. like, no, I just have to try harder. And then this relationship will work. Okay. And it's the same thing that happened with me in the fitness industry. I just have to try harder. And then I'll know that this career is for me. The same mm. thing happened in religion. No, no, no. I just have to try harder and then I'll believe in God. It's not that maybe this isn't for me. It's that I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And it was years of, like I said, 
praying. I, I went, I'd go to like later on, I went on a two week pilgrimage in, um, in mm. Medjugorje. It was a place in, uh, over in Europe where like there was visions of mother Mary. Like I went there, okay. I would go to seminaries. I had people pray over me the amount of times I would ask people to pray for me. I went and spent three weeks living in a religious commune. I ended up, and then at the end of it all, I ended up going and, um, I, wow did a year studying at a Catholic university specifically because mm. I knew I didn't know if I believed or not, but I knew that if I was to die and go to the gates of heaven, that God would be like, you had that moment where you knew that you didn't know and you didn't keep looking. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to give it this year. And mm -hmm. it was during that year of study. And one of the things we did is we studied the, the catechism of the Catholic church. And mm -hmm. in there, there's definition of faith is faith is an act of the intellect assenting to the divine truth by conduct of the will moved by god through grace i still remember it wow <laughs> and mm -hmm. basically what that means is it means that faith right or you're believing that god is real comes from it's a gift from god and your ability to mentally and intellectually say yes god is real but it comes from god's grace and that's when I started to give myself permission to say, I'm trying so hard. And if God hasn't given me the grace, it's not because I'm not trying. It's because he hasn't given me the grace yet. Mm. And it's one of those things like today, if something was to happen, if God was to suddenly give me the grace and believe, <laughs> I would, I would friggin' break up with my fiance, my girlfriend and go back. Like I would be all in. Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to live my entire life for this thing and follow all these rules. No, if of course not. in the depths of my heart, it's like, well, but that doesn't, that doesn't ring true. It's from mm -hmm. a place of fear, not a place of love, right? The same thing for loving ourselves. Why would you do things for yourself from that place of fear or from self-hatred, but rather than from a place of love? Like, I don't want that relationship with a God that I don't even think is real. Mm -hmm. Right. So Absolutely. it was, it's been an adventure and it's one of those things like still to this day, it affects me. It affects my ability to be able like my body shame, how like being able to wear the things I wear. And like a lot of the reason why I think a lot of the reason why the different eating disorders and things have come around from my body is because it's terrified to be beautiful and be mm -hmm. this strong, powerful, sexual, feminine being. Mm -hmm. because I learned when I was young, like, no, 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 now you're sending everybody to hell. So I think a lot of it still comes from that. And there's, there's yeah. times where I'll look at myself and be like, oh, I'm either too much or I'm not enough. It'll keep going back to those. Mm -hmm. So it still happens, if not daily, weekly, where different thoughts about religion and, and the, the aftermath and the, the effects of it, it still affects me all the time. It affects my intimate relationship with my partner sometimes. Mm -hmm. right like there's there's my literally my body will tighten up and go no you can't come near me because this is bad this is a sin how can I love another woman mm -hmm. right so it affects that mm -hmm. it affects my ability to be able to connect to God source universe whatever else mm -hmm. because then there's still part of me which is like I don't know I don't know I'm I'm being a sinful witch witch person yeah. right it's yeah. like rather than like <laughs> still affects us still mm -hmm. affects me. and I and I know other people in that community who have come out or have found a lot more freedom and things have shifted but it's it's not something which just changed overnight I didn't just no. it was years and still is years later I'm still doing the healing yeah absolutely and how um how have you started redefining what self-love is to you and what what love is to you, right? Because I think I, I totally agree. Like there's a very uniform way of believing as Catholics, what love is and like what faith is and how to, and living by the beliefs of quote unquote God, right? Because for all we know, a lot of the stuff written in the Bible and I, this is my personal belief and I don't want to like instill it in anybody else. And I say this as a Catholic who is also recovering from my experience with with faith and I won't go too much into it but um you know when I was about 13 or 14 years old I had to redefine what faith was to me and what God was to me and I think that for me it's very 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 far outside what the preachers and the priests are preaching in the church I think it comes down to the individual relationship that you have with the God the being whoever it is that you believe in right but 
it also takes untaming yourself from what you were traditionally taught to believe is how you, what you should do, how you should act, what you should believe in as a practicing religious person. So how did you kind of, if you did redefine your system of beliefs and how did you, cause you said you are, um, your fiance Kathleen is, is a woman, right? And obviously like we know not the most widely accepted in a lot of Catholic families. How did you reinvent your system of beliefs and values after you stepped away from the church? It's, it still is a process. It still is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it's been like, like when I first left the church, it was like, nope, no God, nothing. Nope. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so I labeled myself as agnostic for a while being like, you know, maybe God is, maybe isn't, but I don't Mm -hmm. know right now, not even open to anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I've gotten to a place where I really, I really know and believe that there is that, that something, whatever you want to call it, you can call it God, you can call it source, you can call it universe, you can call it love, Mm -hmm. but that, that thing, I really believe that there is that, that thing. Mm -hmm. and every like every day it's like I'm slowly building up a new relationship with him like you said like there's people who are in the church for all Mm -hmm. these rules and to preach the fear and all those things there's also I have some friends who are in church who are all about love and it's so beautiful and I'm not I'm not anti-religion it's more that I'm anti people falling falling in love with religion rather than falling in love with God. Yeah. And religion is just it's just a title. It's just we just it's another label. But when we look into it, like I really believe that everyone in any religion who is in the religion for the love of God is everyone's loving the same person. It's all the same thing. That's the same. It's it's all the same. It's all mm-hmm. love. It's all God. It's all source. It's all universe. We just have different relationships and different understandings. Of it. Yeah. And that's, it's, but it's the people who are in it for the sake of love rather than for the sake of fear and for following the rules and trying to control everything. That's, that's when you have the most beautiful relationship, mm-hmm. but with beliefs, and this is what's actually really cool is because of being able to shift my beliefs around religion. That's also what helped me shift my beliefs around myself being lovable. Mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. worthy of love because beliefs mm-hmm. are all the same thing beliefs are simply things statements that we we have come to accept as true mm-hmm. so if something is true to us mm-hmm. then that's something that is true because we believe it right some people still believe the world is flat mm-hmm. right and that's fine because yeah. it's like is that going to affect me is that going to like maybe guess maybe no right but mm-hmm. it's like you're not defined based off of your beliefs. We choose to define ourselves based off of our beliefs. Yeah. You're not a good or bad person because you believe that the world is round or flat. Mm -mm. It's just saying like, okay, like these are beliefs. And then how can we change these? Because there's what I've really come to realize is there's really two parts to changing beliefs. There's changing beliefs on an intellectual level. And then there's changing your beliefs on a physical level. Because there might be something that you know mentally isn't the truth, but your body still doesn't believe it. And vice versa. There might be something that you know is fine, like your body has no problem with it, but your brain keeps running in circles and circles, right? So if we take the example of I am enough, mm-hmm. what you can do, and for anyone listening, is sit yourself in front of a mirror and say, I am enough. Mm-hmm. And you will feel in your body whether or not you believe that to be true. Wow. Mm-hmm. You will feel it. Your, your body will tell you, is this a yes or is it a no? And so when it comes to changing beliefs, that's a great way that you can then start to like check in and say like, oh yeah, I can tell if this is a yes or a no. It's just asking yourself in the mirror. But how you change it is combination of using logic to help change the mind and the thoughts and then using experiences to help shift the body. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's how we learn. Everything we know to be true and believe now is because of things we've either been taught so more knowledge or we've experienced. Mm-hmm. So then we've taken that to be the truth, right? If you were a kid and you mm-hmm. fell off of a chair and hurt your head or whatever, that experience is going to make your body afraid to stand on chairs later on. Yeah. Intellectually, you might know 
I'm fine to stand on this chair now, mm-hmm. but your body might not think that. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa, you can think intellectually, that's a really tall bar stool, which is not stable. I yeah. really shouldn't go stand on that. So it's like a belief your mind has, but your body might be like, yeah, whatever. So if I'm going to fall, I'm not going to fall that far. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, there's a difference between your, your mind and your body, but, um, but when you can really learn how to really learn to be attentive of what's going on in both mm-hmm. and then really work on shifting your beliefs from both sides, that's when the magic happens mm-hmm. because you can tell yourself all day in your head and know I am enough up here. But if you don't actually believe it in your heart and in your being, mm-hmm. you're never going to, you're never going to feel it. So that's why things like affirmations, they can work if you believe that you're worthy and you're good enough and you're lovable. But if you don't believe it, then often just saying the same thing again and again won't actually get you there. Because yes, our thoughts do create our beliefs, but also our beliefs create our thoughts. So just because you're consciously saying, I am lovable, if the unconscious programming is still running, I'm not lovable, it's not going to happen. So you change these, like I said, logical process for the mind. Mm -hmm. So literally going through and starting to give yourself evidence why this is the truth, right? Am I lovable? If I say I'm not, okay, well then why? Why is it that I'm not lovable? How do I know this is the truth? Start asking yourself, how do I know this is the truth? And if you're like, well, because everyone keeps breaking up with me, right? Well, because my family still thinks I'm not good enough. Well, because I didn't graduate top of my class or I keep failing school, whatever it is, whatever that story is, you say, okay. And like, when did I learn this? How, who did I learn this from? Who says that failing a class or that not being able to fit into a certain dress size or not having a certain career path or not being in a relationship, who, who decided that that means that I'm not lovable? Oh, interesting. I decided that. Oh, interesting. And how did I do that? Oh, because I learned it when I was younger or because I read it somewhere or because I observed this. So when we start to question these things and say, is this the truth? Like, really, is it the truth? How do I know this is to be the truth? Mm-hmm. That's when you'll be able to start to shift things on that mental level. And if you go through all that and you still have this deep intellectual space of, I still don't think I'm good enough. I still don't think I'm lovable. I still don't think I'm worthy of this. That's when you can then start to say, okay, if there was possibly a different truth, what might then that be? Because what's the opposite of I'm not lovable is I'm lovable. What is it? Is it possible that maybe I'm lovable even if I'm failing? Even if I just got dumped? Even if I'm sick and even if I'm not running the, the top of my business or my career or whatever else, the things that I'm working on, is it still possible that I'm still lovable? And then just opening up your mind to the possibility, that's how you can then start to bring things in a good step. So like that's, mm-hmm. that's the mental side. And like I said, going back to logic with religion, mm-hmm. that definition of faith, I logically had to be feel safe enough to be able to leave religion yeah. when I then believed up here, but there was still, my body was still freaking out. The first day I didn't go to mass here in Ottawa. I remember mm-hmm. sitting on the couch, like shaking, being so restless because my <laughs> body, even though my brain knew that this is okay, can you not go? My body was freaking out. It was like, you're going to go to fucking hell if you don't get your ass yeah. right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. And my brain was like, yeah, but but God knows that I'm really trying. God knows God would give me grace. God would help me through this because if God was a loving God, then it's like my logical brain knew it and I believed it up here, but my body was still. And it's going to be the same thing with the self-love stuff, right? You can work through it mentally up here, but if your body still is freaking out going, no, you're still not lovable. That's when you then have to start to give it experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's how the body learns through experiences. So it's by allowing yourself to receive love. Because when we believe we're not worthy, we're going to perpetuate that story by blocking it all out. Mm-hmm. We're going to perpetuate our suffering. We're going to say, see, told you, told you you're not lovable. Yeah, that person dumped you. And then we dive into it a little bit more and we realize like, oh, interesting. I totally self-sabotaged that relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or I'd gotten into one that I knew yeah. underneath from the get-go wasn't right for me. So yeah. that way I could prove to myself when it fell apart that, oh, see, I told you you're not lovable. Yeah. Right. So then when it comes to, like I said, when it comes to changing your beliefs on that physical level, like giving your body that it's just through the experiences. And if it's too scary to go out and get the experiences in the real world, then what we can do is we can do it through meditation because we can visualize 
those yeah. things happening, right? If I can't actually go out and find someone, a partner who is going to love me and cherish me and hold me exactly who I, who I am, maybe because they've got their own wounds and other things, that's mm-hmm. fine. I can sit down and visualize it because my body doesn't know the difference between yeah. it actually that's- happening and only happening in my mind. And when you start then bringing that to your mind, that's when the body will calm down. That's when the body will relax. Because otherwise, like I said, the body was just trying to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. It's, it was freaking out because it was like, you're honestly, it honestly thought I was going to be burning in hell for all of eternity. So it's a good thing that it was freaking out. Exactly. Yeah. So when it comes to shifting beliefs about anything, it's looking at it on both sides. How can I mm-hmm. give myself the experiences? And then also, so it's like my body learns, but also then that thought process and using that logic to help shift the mind space. Mm-hmm. I love, I love redefining the way that you just redefined belief for me was making sure that your mind and your body are meet in the same place, right? I, I don't think I've ever heard that before. That's, that's really cool. And I hope that the people listening are like, took that all in. Cause I am, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm blown away. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, like, even as you were saying that, I was thinking about so many examples in my own day where that happened, right? Like you tell yourself a thought, I have like a sticky note of affirmations on my mirror that I'm trying really hard to tell myself. But I feel like now you saying that the reason why I avoid them is because my body like reacts as soon as I say them, right? And that was huge. I, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I want to get into the self-love stuff as much as I wish I could unpack that even more uh, because I know uh, that's what we came here to do. So I want to ask you about your, um, would you say that at first, would you say that the, your relationship with your ex of three years, was that kind of like what got the ball rolling for your self-love journey or what was like the starting line? Do you think? Yeah, it was, yeah. it was definitely, that was the big one. That was my big wake up call was being like, oh. I don't believe I'm good enough for this relationship. I need to go mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And that was really my, my big, like, oh, I've got to, I'm not good enough. But like I said, mm-hmm. then through that process of doing that relationship rebuilding course, that's really where I started to realize like, oh, I actually haven't been loving myself. I've been trying to love everybody else and getting them to love me instead of me loving me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Totally. So when you took that trip to Costa Rica after, um, that relationship course and you were all by yourself what things about you did you come to face with that were good and maybe you didn't like so much Mm -hmm. I had to come face to face with being alone Mm. because when you don't love yourself and you realize that that's painful yeah and it's a lot easier to just pretend everything's good and that I and be like no I feel good enough and I'm I'm a good enough person because I've done all these things whatever else same thing intellectually but deep down that feeling I didn't believe it and when you start to then be by yourself and you be alone or when you look in the mirror you ask yourself you say that affirmation and you feel in your body I don't believe that Mm-hmm. or I don't feel safe, or this isn't, that's when we're like, oh, interesting. There's a lot more underneath there than I realized. So mm-hmm. learning to be alone and to not be in constant service and caring for others and fixing things for others, which is where I got a lot of my value from and realizing, oh, people are still going to want to hang out with me. Even <laughs> if I'm not giving them something, even if I'm not doing yeah. something for them, even if even if I'm not this perfect person following all these perfect routines and oh, people are going to just love me. And also there's people who are going to not love me regardless of how amazing I am. Yeah. And that's okay too. And the point isn't to get everybody else to love you and be, try to be something to get others to love you, regardless of whether it's trying to be more or trying to be less. So that way people will love and accept you Mm -hmm. just be you. And that's really where I started to learn like, oh, I can be alone and it can be scary. And I can, I can, this is also where I started to realize like, oh, like, and I can love who I want to love. 
like I can like I think start thinking more about like my now partner and my now fiance back home being like oh like I can I can love whoever I want mm-hmm. not because of what society or other people tell us like this is what you should do but like oh yeah. that's that's really cool I also I learned the the massive value of surrendering to the unknown because when I booked this trip I had my flight in I had my flight out I had where I was going to sleep the first night and nothing else I had booked or planned oh my gosh and I am I'm a massive planner I'm a control freak yeah. I literally earlier today I posted about how these past couple months I've been trying to step more and I'm learning to step more into my feminine and masculine but I'm used to being in control having everything follow a schedule know that everything's follows this plan and I'm used to that yeah and that was the first time on this trip when I let that go and I surrendered to him like I'm going to just receive whatever the adventures are that come mm-hmm. and that was so amazing because if I had controlled every little thing even now if I keep trying to control every little thing you run into so much resistance yeah and not because not because I'm not doing enough, mm-hmm. but because I'm trying to still control it all. It's like, I need to just let go and just be able to enjoy the ride. And that's also where then that self-love comes in is realizing I don't have to fit my schedule. I don't have to fit my body. I don't have to fit my likes or dislikes into any box. It's like, mm-hmm. you can just be like, what, what do I want? Mm-hmm. What nurtures me? How can I literally, like, how can I just be me and live from this place of expression? trust the flow, let go of all the controlledness and all the trying to do it the right way and just be like, what feels right to me? Yeah. What feels right. Mm-hmm. And like that deep sense and peace you're going to get in your body, you, you'll know when it feels right. Because like when you sit there in front of the mirror and you say to yourself, I love you. And you feel in your body, it's like, mm, nope. You know that that's not a no because it's not the truth and because you're like oh it's actually just something I have to accept you're like no no no, it doesn't feel right because I know that something needs to shift and then when you get to the place where you sit in the mirror and you look at yourself and you say I love you and you feel that deep immense calm and peace in your being that's when you're like oh yeah I'm exactly mm-hmm. what it needs to be but it's, mm-hmm. it's such a journey such a yeah, journey totally when do you recall the first moment or the first time where you told yourself I love you and you you believed it what that was like or when that was I can remember one moment for sure um and this was this was probably around three years ago now um and it's the first time I ever it was it was we um I was with it was in a safe space with people I really trusted and we 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 did Molly and it was in this mm. in this container of of love and the whole idea with doing this it wasn't a, like let's do this and like just go have a crazy party yeah. it was literally like mm-hmm. this is this beautiful safe container um and all I wanted to do all night was dance for myself in front of the mirror mm. and mm-hmm. that was the first time I was able to look at myself with unconditional love Hmm. and I could see all of me and it was so beautiful it was Hmm. and this I'm not telling everyone now go out and do modeling and dance for yourself yourself. I had to the amount of work I had done before that Mm -hmm. for years of taking care of myself of doing the journaling of seeing therapists of having people hold me of holding myself I had done so much but that was the first time I was able to let like all those voices we talked about in our head that was the first time they were all gone not not the smallest little bit of them there so mm-hmm. yes I'm sure the the chemicals and like the drugs help with that <laughs> right but mm-hmm. that's not something that you can't achieve and I've experienced it now way more often and way more powerful on no substances mm-hmm because of really doing the work yeah so but that that was the first time 
And I, I literally have in my journal right up there. Like, I don't remember exactly what it says, but I remember what I wrote in my journal is, it says, do you remember last night? The way your eyes sparkled in the light, the way you danced for yourself in front of mm-hmm. me. Like, yeah. I, that was the first time I was able to love all of me, including my body. Because before that, I was able to really love me, mm-hmm. but there was still that thing about mm, my body's bad. My body's the sinful thing. Mm-hmm. My body is, it's like this part of me which should be rejected rather than mm-hmm. embraced. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was that first moment that that full unconditional love is coming. And there's been so many more since then. But it's, yeah, it's pretty special. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I think that um, when you can get to that, that moment where you, you feel that it's so, it's so deep. I think I've, I've also experienced it a few times myself and it's, you start craving it more, right? Like, and you look to like anywhere and everywhere to get it, but it's so beautiful to know that you got it from yourself and it came from nowhere else, right? Because I think that one of the reasons why we are so fearful of being alone is because the thoughts in our head, right? We know we do everything possible to distract ourselves because we know that eventually we have to come home to ourselves, right? And if there's a discrepancy between the person in here and the person that we are relaying to other people, which is nice, is kind, is loving, is all these good traits that we don't reflect in ourselves, it doesn't feel good to know that you don't even have your own back, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's really discomforting. And I think when you can feel, when you have that moment, especially you you have that moment with the knowing that you put in the work to get here, right? It's like working towards a long goal and finally achieving it. And you're like, I created this, right? I and But you get to turn that into, I created me and this love that I have for myself now. So that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm, and I'm, glad that and proud obviously that after all those years of work and everything you went through you you're at this stage now where you can look at yourself and say even if it's not every day and even if you don't feel it in every single moment like you still know that it's there somewhere you just have to kind of go back to the basics and figure out what got you there in the first place so you can get in touch with that feeling again so yeah that's like like you said there like you just nailed it when you said you've got to go back to your those basics and be like what is it that helped me get in touch with that again mm-hmm. because that's that's so huge and it's like these these past like six months for me I've been going through a lot of shit and mm-hmm. it's like you said like there's some days where it's there and some days it's not mm-hmm. like I I'm not gonna lie to you guys like these past couple months it's been more on the side of where I'll wake up, I go to look at myself in the mirror and be like, you're lovable. And I'm like, I'm not even going to say it to myself because I know it's, I don't believe it, but I don't know how to, don't remember how to get back there. It's just too painful to deal with. And I don't want it. It's like, okay, Marissa, it's like, how can you go back to the basics? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that's right. Like, oh, and underneath all that, it's just that there's pain and it's just that we just don't want to feel the pain mm-hmm. of that reality of realizing that I don't love myself. Like think Mm -hmm. about your partner or your parent, that feeling of your partner or your parent not loving you. Mm -hmm. Imagine it from yourself. When you look in the mirror, you say, I love you. And you realize you don't, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, It's heartbreaking. And it's not something you can just say, I love you. And then it's, that's how it is. It's like, no, no, no. Like you have to, like you have to show it and you have to nurture this relationship with yourself. But it's like, those joyful moments like you said where you're fully in love with yourself mm-hmm. this is something I do all the time and then I highly recommend you do as well all those love songs you hear on the radio sing them mm-hmm. to yourself oh, and if you're yeah. singing them and if you like it's the same thing as the mirror if you sing it and if you feel like that's not quite for you then it's like oh it's because I need to love myself more and then it's just mm-hmm. ask yourself like how do you want to be loved it's the same way if you if you've got kids or if you had a kid how would you love them right oh you can say you love them, but if you're not actually nurturing them and taking care of them, like mm-hmm. it's harder. And like, there's so many different people's work I've studied over the years that have been helpful. But like Dr. Nicola Parrish talks about oh my gosh. parenting yourself. Yeah. 
She's got amazing work, right? Um, same thing, Dr. Joe. I've spoken about her frequently on here. I'm a huge fan of her work. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> she's she's so great. Awesome. <laughs> um, but like Dr. Joe Dispenza, the same thing. Like he has these yeah. processes for shifting your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Like there's like there's so much amazing information there. And then like you go into James Clear with Atomic Habits and like how can I build mm-hmm. up habits that nurture and love and support me, not because I want to follow the rules and look good from the outside, but because how can I express myself just by being this person who naturally takes care of me. Cause when we, when we're ourselves, that's what mm-hmm. self-love is. Yeah. And I think something else, which is so important, I think we maybe touched on it, but I, I don't know if we actually went there was mm-hmm. that like, you have to be your, your true self. Mm-hmm. You can't be having like this. You can't be, yeah. You, you mentioned this, like you can't be showing one person out there. That's a different person of who you truly are. Because mm-hmm. if you're being someone who you're not, even if you love that person that you're being 100%, it's not the real you. So you're still not able to love yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's hard too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm like, and how do we navigate this whole thing where like, how can I realize I don't love myself, which is super painful. And then go through that grieving and realize just because I don't love myself doesn't mean that I'm not a good person. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. I can't do Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love, I, I, I love what you said there. And I also, I think it, it parallels a lot with this one thing I saw just this morning about you can be happy with the person that you are and still want to change. Right. And I think like, there's, there's a lot of conflicting thoughts in the media right now about, um, and I think this applies more to kind of like the body positivity movement. And I know that like a lot of women are getting lashback for, um, working out to like try to hit a certain weight or like try to look a certain way and then people are like well aren't you supposed to be promoting body positivity like doesn't that mean like fully accepting yourself and yeah like it does but there's no harm in wanting to better yourself to whatever that means for you right and I think it's so important that we that we recognize that and see that you can be happy where you are and you can honor yourself where you are and you can honor the process that you are taking and still want to get better right so I love what you said there and I think that it paralleled beautifully with that idea I know I don't want us to go too over time so I do have but I do have a couple more questions for you uh what how does self-love play into relationships so when you I can I you know I can't fathom personally what the transition must have been like for you to coming out of a Catholic family start dating a woman right but I honor it a lot because what you you just spoke about being your most authentic self and paralleling the, the person that you are with the person that you are inwards, right? And I think that you choosing to make your external internal versions of yourself one by going forth and dating Kathleen, like that's that's beautiful. And like, to me, that's like the most, like the best example of being authentic and and loving yourself enough to, to do that despite what everybody else tells you you should do. So when you made that decision and um, started dating Kathleen, how did self-love and or self-loathing come into your relationship? And do you think that if you don't have self-love, can you be in a successful relationship? Nobody can love you as much as you can love yourself. Mm-hmm. And you doesn't matter how much somebody else loves you. If you don't love yourself, you won't be able to receive their love. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that you really have to start with yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have to then enter this relationship rather than from a place of, I need someone else to fill me, which like I said, with my looking back, that's exactly what it was. Is I was looking for all these perfect things and to hit all these check marks. And like, if I do this, then I'll be whole, then I'll be good mm-hmm. enough. rather than realizing I'm good enough and I'm loved as I am. And now I can enter wholly into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something I say all the time uh, is like, you know, like there's like the thing like, oh, like they're my better half, right? Mm-hmm. I call Kathleen my other whole because she's mm-hmm. a whole mm-hmm. being on herself and I'm a whole being myself. Totally. And from that place, then we're able to come into a relationship. And when we first got into a relationship, Kathleen and I, I was, I was a fucking firework of love <laughs> and passion for myself. I had uh-huh. so much love. Like it was, like I said, I'd gone on, done this so like uh, this rebuilding relationship work. And then I had gone to Costa Rica and then I was 
connected to myself. I was honoring my body. I was giving myself what I needed. I worked through old, old um, behaviors and thought patterns. I wouldn't let these other things come up anymore. I had drawn these beautiful boundaries around myself with my, with my, my religious community that I'd left. I'd, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into relationship, yeah, that's when if the first bit, it was great. It was awesome. And still, still is right. It's been up and down, but that's when I went back to much more codependent relationship behaviors mm. because that's what was familiar to me. And that's the thing with yeah. relationships is we, it's like the thing, like you're going to marry your mother or your father, right? Like it's <laughs> those mm-hmm. primal relationships that we have, yeah. those we learned when we were, when we were young, that's who we're literally going to be attracted to or what we try to bring out in people. And so it's because mm-hmm. Kathleen and I, we were both in such amazing places when we first got together. Like she's not my quote unquote type because she has emotional availability for me. Mm-hmm. She's not going to just be quiet and tell me like, oh no, like you're okay. Like she'll call me out on my shit. Like I, yeah. when I picked her and I was attracted to her, it was because I was on that next level of so much in love with myself mm-hmm. that I naturally attracted and ended up with a partner who was also so in love with themselves and that it was just so beautiful. And then once I got into it, I started to go, this is amazing, but it feels uncomfortable because I'm used to dysfunctional relationships. So I'm going to try to make it dysfunctional again, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's okay. I'm human. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with totally. the self-love thing. I'm used to being in a relationship with myself where I tell myself I'm not good enough. Or I tell myself I'm not worthy. Mm, so mm-hmm. rebuilding this relationship of self-love takes work. It's building mm-hmm. a new habit. It's new thought patterns. It's all those things. And so, like, I mean, when you look at us as human beings, mm-hmm. we're, we're wired for what feels safe and familiar. Mm-hmm. So whatever you learned over the course of your life from, especially from like your young years, from like zero all the way up to 15, like those relationships those behaviors what you learned was this is how I receive love this is how I get attention this is what feels normal to me mm-hmm. your normal is what feels safe to your body yeah and so same thing in relationships it's going to try to find what feels normal or safe to you even if it's super dysfunctional mm-hmm. and same mm-hmm. thing with your relationship with yourself it's going to want to go back to the way it was before because it would prefer to know exactly how it's going to be and it be familiar rather than actually feel good so it's going to take work but all that to say you do have to love yourself in order to sustain a long-term successful relationship absolutely I I totally agree I totally agree one question that I want to pull from what you said there um is so I'm someone who on a good day will take criticism well but on a bad day when I'm not feeling so good with myself I'll listen to the criticism with the same kind of approach that I listen to my negative self-talk right so like if somebody tells me you know you could be better at this on a bad day I'll say like okay well they're they're actually telling you you suck at this right (laughs) so like for you when Kathleen was straight up with you about things that you needed to fix or was just honest with you about whatever how did you look at it from a lens of she loves me and she's communicating with me and she's she wants me to be better instead of saying she hates me she wants to change who I am etc takes work takes practice and there's still Mm -hmm. days where I'll I'll go into the spiral of oh I'm just not good enough oh told you Marissa see there it's another piece of evidence to say that you you need to do better and all those things but it's not about being perfect it's about like you said you're gonna have your days it's about like saying how fast can you observe that mm-hmm. and notice oh look there's oh that's my old self-talk coming back again and rather than pretending it doesn't happen or resisting it or telling yourself oh, i'm bad because it happened but just fully embrace it with love and be like oh yeah and you're just a human being who's got its its pains and its other stories and everything that's going on inside and that's okay and mm-hmm. now moving forward we're going to remember like, what's the truth? Oh, that's right. The truth is I have this story or I have this pain point inside, which is bringing up my brain running in circles. Mm -hmm. But the actual truth is that that's all that it is. It's just a story. It's just a thought, but there's 
oh, there's times I'll get so triggered. It's funny, one of Kathleen's natural <laughs> states, she's like, she's like, you're so much fun to push your buttons. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> because it's, I don't know if it's a compliment or an insult, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah. So it's one of those things like, and it's also like, I'll freak out and I'll, <laughs> and I'll say something nasty back or I'll shut down or whatever else. Yeah. But then there's the times where I can be like, oh, that's right. She loves me. Because as long as I can go back to that and be like, I love me, she loves herself, she loves me, I love her, that's right. What's the truth about this whole situation? The truth is that. Start with that love. Mm. And then from there, it makes yeah. it so much easier to then honestly look at the feedback that she's giving me because I'll know even though it means that, yeah, maybe I'm not taking responsibility or I've dropped the ball here or I'm being selfish or whatever else has come up it doesn't mean that she doesn't love me because yeah. at the end of the day, that's all that we want is we want to be safe and we want to be loved. And if we feel like those are at jeopardy, that's when we freak out. Yeah. As long as absolutely. you go back to know like, Oh, I am safe and I am loved. Cool. Yeah. Good. It's all good. I love that. That That's huge. I, I totally agree. I feel like as soon as those are put in jeopardy or we feel like we're not receiving it is when we are most prone to falling into argument or saying something irrational and making things doing things that we would regret later right so I love again the idea of going back to the fundamentals to reassure yourself that you are in a safe place where you can be you and like express yourself so I love that um that comes to the end of our questions however uh well first let me just say thank you for everything all the knowledge you dropped because I am I am blown away and will definitely be applying a lot of that to my own life and I hope that for the people who are listening you took it all in and you wrote it down and are prepared to apply it to your own life too, because I think that um, you showed us perfectly how, you know, this self, this self-love journey isn't easy and it has, you have to be willing to have difficult conversations with yourself and you have to be prepared to be alone and to face the fact that really you are alone in life, right? Which is again, an all the more reason to develop a healthy and loving relationship with yourself. So thank you for all of that knowledge you dropped. That was incredible. Before I let you go, I one thing I do with guests is I do a three question speed round, uh, but I've decided to switch up the questions a little bit. So I think I asked three and the, uh, the first two will be uniform across everybody, but the third one I'm gonna switch. So my first uh, speed round question for you is what is your favorite quote? Mm-hmm so many uh one mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with today is if you're living in the past you're depressed if you're living in the future you're anxious if you're living in the present you're at peace mm. I love that I completely agree the second question I've got for you is what song is currently stuck in your head oh big plans I real big plans baby I don't think I've heard that song. Who no, sings that? I sing it to myself. In this, like we were talking before about singing songs, uh, <laughs> I sing the song to myself, and whenever I do, like I get this, I get emotional, and it's like, so it's literally like I've got yeah, big plans for you. I've got big plans. <laughs> oh, who sings that song? I don't think I've ever heard that song. Before. Remember, I'll send it to you though. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Everybody such a big plans. <laughs> everybody wants an uplifting song. Play big plans and. That's great. I love that. Last question is what is something that people often get wrong about you? That I figured out the whole self-love thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I, yeah, I, like I, I help coach people on this and that I, and that's, I've been doing it for so long and, and like part of me also, like that's a huge fear that I have too, is to like, to tell people like, guys, I'm still figuring this shit out. Like I have so many days where I don't love myself and how scary is that? Because like, I mean, like that's half my business is like, if I tell people like, Hey, I actually don't have this thing figured out. Like who would want to come and work with me? Totally. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> like, at what point, uh-huh. like, at what, like, how can I like guys, like I'm still figuring this out. Like, mm-hmm. I'm learning to love myself and I've fallen in love with myself. And then something happens in life and it throws you off the rails exactly and then you're like oh okay I don't love myself because this thing because old stories come back up because stuff and it's like and then you got to relearn it again yeah and this self-love journey it's not something you're going to do once 
you know, figured out it's not a one and done mm -hmm. because life is always changing and always evolving. And you're going to fall in love with yourself by doing the work. And then you're going to have rocky months. Mm -hmm. You're going to fall out of love with yourself or you're going to neglect your relationship or something's going to happen. That's going to throw you a curveball. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't have this shit all figured out and I know I never will, mm -hmm. but that's how life goes. Yeah. And that's okay. And knowing Absolutely. that I can still love myself, even though I don't always love myself. Exactly. And I think that the bravest thing you can do, and also one of the most self-loving things you can do is admit to the people who are looking to you for, for guidance. Like I may be trying to lead you, I may be trying to help you, but I'm also going through this right along when you are right. And, you know, if people choose to look at that as like an accountability thing and say, okay, well, clearly you're not good enough for this. That's their problem, obviously. But I think you'll find that the majority of people actually thank you for your honesty. And it's comforting to know that even the people that they look up to for guidance and for inspiration are going through the same stuff that they are. So I, I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was an absolute joy of an interview. And thank you for, again, for all the knowledge you dropped. I hope that everybody listening took that all in and is going to apply it to their lives. And I, I can't wait to continue being in touch with you. This was awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. And if you guys want to keep in touch with me, or if you guys want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram. Marissa.hammond. And I also have a free seven day self-love challenge that you guys might have fun doing where I literally oh, go through beautiful. like steps to how to love yourself on a body, mind, and soul level. So okay. highly recommend if you're like, how do I start to love myself more? How do I fall in love with myself and take care of myself? Go, go check that out. It's on my website. So yeah. I will definitely be hopping on that train right after this interview. So thank you. And I will also link that in the podcast description for anybody interested in joining. Thank you so much, Marissa. I will see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope that you were just as blown away as I was by everything that Marissa had to say. Don't forget to check out her Instagram. It will be linked in the podcast description and to hop on that self-love challenge. I hope you love it as much as I have been loving it since recording this episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at a perspective podcast so that you don't miss out on future updates on upcoming episodes and if you want to contact me about getting on the show or something that you want mentioned on the show in the future as a future topic don't hesitate to email me either that will also be linked in the podcast description and that is it for today thank you so much for tuning in again you guys and i look forward to seeing you in the next episode